Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. We're all about your home, kitchens, baths, tile, appliances, and more. You name it, and we talk about it. And now on with the show. Well, today is January 6th. We've got, uh, we've already gone through five days of 2021. I hope it's working out for everybody. Uh, Well, we have a new sponsor, and I'm so proud to introduce Thermador Appliances. Thermador now offers two distinct collections. The Masterpiece Collection is a modern design for every kitchen, while the Professional Collection is a professional-grade design where you can experience restaurant-style quality in your home. Thermador is luxury that lasts, empowered by design, and led by innovation. To learn more about Thermador, you can go to thermador.com. They're great products. I've used them for many years, and I think you should look into that website. I'd be very happy that you did. Well... This is a very happy time of year, hopefully for everybody, but not so happy for many people that are going through a divorce or separation, trial support problems. And what does this have to do with Home Design Chat? Well, my subjects usually cover different items, designs and ideas having to do with your home. But today's subject is a little bit different, still has to do with your home. My guest is Tammy Hugo Haley, an Arizona attorney specializing in divorce and child custody law. Welcome, Tammy. I am so excited to have you on the show. Hi, Nancy. I am so excited to be here with your listeners. Oh, thank you, Tammy. Let's chat a little bit about your background before we jump into the law. Uh, sure. I am a an, an Arizona attorney licensed since 2001. I live in Arizona. I live in the East Valley with my husband. Uh, we have two dogs that are our foster brother and sister that we, we uh, participate in Arizona Cattle Dog Rescue Fostering. Um, and I recently opened my own firm to service family law, and uh, that includes divorce, child custody, paternity, etc., well, I understand that you did a um, various other uh, areas of law in your past, and that kind of helps you know everything about everything, huh? Well, previously, I did have a general practice where I handled real estate, construction law, business, transactions, those types of matters that all kind of culminate into uh, what is involved in family law. Yes, and you know, <laughs> I don't know, it seems funny, but... Uh, when I meet people, um, many of them are looking for um, solutions to their problems. Let's just put it that way. So you must be busy, especially with COVID and everybody staying in their home. Um, I read somewhere where there's uh, the divorces are up because people who didn't get along with their spouses have now said this is the final straw. Well, you know, hopefully everything works out. So I just want to bring this um, one item up. So over the years, I've been involved in several design projects where I saw disputes between the homeowners, you know, and they say, if you don't have a strong marriage, stay away from the remodeling projects. Many times they would look at me for the solution. I am not a lawyer. Um, So what can you say about this? You know, that's interesting. I was also told that, a married couple should not embark on a remodel for the first year of their marriage because of that issue of, you know, creating a foundation of maybe trust and love and and all of that. And I did not listen to that advice. My husband and I got married 
in 2017. And then we had a designer give us a present for our wedding of a kitchen remodel. And so we had to use the present and we did a remodel of our, of our kitchen. Well, really half our house the year that we got married. How did that work for you? It was great because you were our designer and you made everything perfect. But were there any uh, complications or did you want to do one thing and we'll call him Sean since that's his name. Um, (laughs) Did Sean want to do it one way? I mean, did you have any disagreements on the design or getting the project done? We had debates about things, but I I believe that the the design, we did so much pre-planning. And so there was a lot of pre-planning. So we didn't have to start selecting tile or countertop or cabinet designs like after the tear out. So everything was pre-planned and we knew what everything, and it looks exactly like we had envisioned because you created that vision for us and you planned everything out, gave us choices. um, And then also the budgeting. So when we picked out a cabinet style that basically doubled the price of the kitchen, um, we had a design that that we couldn't af- really couldn't afford. Um, you had re-engineered it and redesigned it so it fit within our budget. So we really did all of that before the 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 stress. I think the stress came when the tear out happened, and then we walked into the house and all we saw were studs, and our kitchen was gone, and that was a little stressful. But we knew it was going to be beautiful. So ultimately, we can say that the stress uh, can be um, held to a minimum if the plan and the designer and everything, the homeowners, come together. Um, I guess if things went awry, that would add more stress. And of course, that would start some problems with the homeowners. So um, ultimately, I guess uh, pre-planning is very important and staying within the budget. All the things that we're hoping that people realize when, at least with me, when I put a project together. You know, you don't want surprises that will uh, get everybody upset. Have you seen any situations with people that you know where there is some um, debate or arguments during a remodel? You know, not that I'm aware of specifically with remodeling. I think you might know of that. But generally, if somebody's going to end their marriage, it might not be just because of a remodel. But that remodel might be a tipping point. But I haven't encountered somebody who's divorcing over the remodel. Generally, there might be other cracks and problems in the relationship that just are compounded by a stressful remodel. So if there's bad communication with a contractor which is probably the number one reason I, I used to practice um, quite a bit of construction type of uh, type of legal work, and that communication has to be there. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, which brings me to a couple of questions. Well, first of all, I'm going to throw this out. Can you imagine people on their way to getting a divorce, but they want to sell the house, but first they want to remodel it so that they can sell it fast oh my god that's a terrible situation and thank god i've never been in that one i actually have encountered that um well yeah a lot of times the couple does have to sell the house because now you've got where you may have had two incomes there's no there's no more two incomes so 
a lot of people, when they start their new life after a divorce, which it's the divorce is a way to start kind of do over, <laughs> um, they might have to spruce up the property before they can sell it. And it might make sense to really outsource that and not try to manage that project because you've got to have both homeowners agree. And a lot of times if they're going through a divorce, they're not speaking. And so their lawyers have to do the negotiation between them. And that gets very expensive. So it's probably a savings to hire somebody, a professional, a designer, a contractor to just do that work and give them a budget. Yes. Um, you know, I'm always talking about getting the professional and that's in every area, whether it's law. I mean, let's face it. There's a lot of things that people can do on their own. One of them would be if they could get along, um, solve their problems before they bring the lawyer in. But a lot of times they do have to bring in the professional and the same goes with kitchen design and Hey, the same goes with the doctor. You know, um, there's the professionals are priceless. But going back to the people that need to get a divorce and they have to get their house fixed up, um, can we bring in the prenuptial agreements? I mean, I've heard situations where one doesn't want to pay for the 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 uh, invoices or the remodel, and the other one does. To get, um, I guess, to bring up the house to a point where they'll get the most money uh, for that so that they can split it and then go their happy way. Now, first of all, do they split it, split it equally? So I think probably the overarching principle is that Arizona is a community property state. And so what that means is any property acquired during the marriage, like a house, is presumptively community. And so upon divorce, the court has to make an equitable division of all of the community assets. And that would include improvements and debts. So if, you know, the contractor is owed $500, or that's a low number, but um, let's say- Well, for the sake of of, uh, simplicity, I guess. Right. Uh, Then- an equitable division of that would be $250 to each party to pay, or or they can take it out of the, the proceeds of the house. Most often it's divided equally, but uh, they, the court calls it equitably, which is not always 50-50, but most of the time it is. Hmm. What if one works and the other one doesn't? Does it? Do they still split it equally? So that doesn't necessarily change the equitable division. There may be factors that, I mean, you know, the sky's the limit as to different factors. People's marriages are all different. But the court specifically says equitable division doesn't always mean equal. So there are many different factors that go into play as to, as to that. Um, most of the time, though, you kind of... The, the run-of-the-mill marriage, I mean, most of the time is going to be about half of a division. But, yeah. but there are exceptions. There's always exceptions in the law. Have you ever met people that would say, I wish we had a prenup, but we don't, and let's go from here? Um, it, can a prenuptial agreement solve a lot of problems? I think it can avoid a lot of problems. I Yeah. 
I know that most of the divorces that I have handled in my legal career have not involved prenuptial agreements. And I really don't get into the conversation of should you had have had a prenup? Um, because that's looking backward. That's not moving forward. And a divorce is about moving forward in your life. Mm-hmm. So what I do see, though, is uh, divorce clients will get a prenuptial before they get remarried again because they've kind of learned that a lot of the debate and a lot of the attorney's fees can probably be reduced if they have a good prenuptial agreement. Well, how, what do you consider a prenuptial agreement being good? Um, one that really sets out the expectations of the parties that's enforceable under the law of the state where they are in or where they're getting divorced. And that's that's upheld by the court. If for some reason the court finds that it's it's not enforceable, that's not a good agreement. Hmm. So you said that everything acquired after the marriage. Well, what if two people want to get married? One has a lot of assets, a lot of money in the bank, three houses. The other person doesn't. So I'm assuming that the one who has all the money has a lawyer who's saying you've got to have a prenuptial. So um, I I would assume that what if the other person doesn't want to sign it? Well, so there's two questions in there. I'll start with the first one. The person who has a lot of assets may benefit from a premarital agreement. Um, Now, any property that you have before the marriage is separate property and it stays that way, but it's difficult to run them. It can sometimes be hard because even though your name, even though one spouse's name is on the title, you know, if you make that the home for the marriage, that becomes the marital home. And so there are issues of occupancy and things during the, during the process of a divorce that really may or may not require, you know, that might not be covered under a prenuptial agreement, but it's the issue more of commingling of the property. Or if you have a house before the marriage, but the mortgage isn't totally paid off and, you know, you get married and then you're still making mortgage payments, well, that can create a, a community interest or a community lien on that separate property that one of the spouses owned prior to the marriage. Even if that spouse is the only one working, the the without a prenuptial agreement, all of the income from your labor is community. So that separate property ends up with a community lien. Oh, so I guess um, prenuptial agreements are important, especially uh, – in today's world. I want to throw this at you. If somebody young, we're going to say scenario, 21 year old person uh, starts a business, not she's not married or he's not married. And the business is going pretty well. And then they meet the love of their life and they decide to get married. So would you recommend that that person have a prenup I would because, and now getting back to the, if the other spouse doesn't want to sign the prenup, that might be because that person doesn't have an attorney. And so the negotiation of that prenuptial agreement can make the process a little smoother, make the reluctant spouse more comfortable with the prenuptial agreement and and happier about you know, the partnership going forward, that all the terms are in writing. But a business owner 
who you know worked hard to build this business. Yes, it's a separate asset, but during a marriage, the community could have a claim for the improvement value of the business. So that can get into, you can get into business valuations where, you know, the, the improvement of the business from the time of the marriage has to be evaluated and that can add costs to the divorce, certainly. And clearly we're talking about Arizona. I'm only talking about Arizona because I'm only an attorney in Arizona. I don't practice in any other state. So if anybody's listening to this and they have questions and they're not in Arizona, I would suggest that you uh, find an attorney that you're comfortable with and ask them the questions that pertain to your state. Um, so there's so many questions I have, and I don't want to um, get into real deep legal issues. Uh, but I've heard of situations where um, Mr. A has gone to school and become a professional. He got married while he was, let's just use doctors. He got married while he was in medical school. His wife worked to pay off the loans and, and um, provide for living expenses. And then Mr. Doctor becomes very successful. Oh, and he finds um, nurses very attractive. And so he tells Mrs. Doctor, goodbye, I'm leaving. Now, she has worked her whole life to put him through school, to raise the kids. Yeah, they have kids. Um, and so usually doctors, ah, they have that airtight situation. Um, that's a situation where I would think, even though he had nothing at the beginning, a prenuptial agreement seems very important if um, one person or two people are going to be in a professional uh uh, situation or a legal profession, not a legal profession, um, a profession where they're going to make a lot of money. Nancy, that's a very realistic hypothetical. Yeah, I know, because I've heard this situation more times than I want to really admit. That's a situation where a prenuptial agreement can really, if it's not drafted fairly in anticipation, can really create a problem for the non-physician spouse. Uh, one of the factors in spousal maintenance, which in other states where many people call alimony, is the contribution of the spouse to the other person's um, career and earning ability. Oh, they take that into consideration? That's one of the factors, yes. Wow, good. Very However, good. a prenuptial agreement can eliminate that. So being represented in a prenuptial negotiation with somebody who's thorough, not just, and, and, you know, you can actually do a prenuptial agreement without an attorney. There are form services out there, but the form services don't necessarily analyze all of these issues for you, for the client and kind of raise these um, factors of Arizona law. So before you, uh, not you, because you've been married forever. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> probably will die married. Um, but a person who is, is contemplating a prenuptial agreement, I would strongly recommend representation. Oh, it sounds like it's a necessity. And you mentioned before that the prenuptial agreement can be negotiated. So especially... If you get a pre-written one, you know, from these services, uh, you're kind of locked in. So you really should know um, what your rights are. And I never thought that they could be negotiated. Of course, I never went for one. 
Right. The, the negotiation is um, very important. You can even renegotiate. I, I heard in the news that somebody who is high profile, maybe lived in the White House, uh, renegotiated her prenuptial agreement at some point during the marriage. I think that was in the news. So that should be that should be done. The negotiation can be done prior to. And that's that's really why both parties to have equal bargaining power, which the spouses don't always have, but to, to sort of level the playing field. I don't know if it would make that equal bargaining power, but you mentioned earlier, what if one spouse doesn't want to sign? Well, if one spouse doesn't isn't comfortable and doesn't have the resources to hire an attorney, sometimes the wealthier fiancé will contribute to the legal fees. Or maybe that's at that point they have to rethink this is maybe not the person they should be with. I think that happens regardless of whether there's a prenuptial agreement being negotiated prior to the marriage. I think a lot of people maybe have second thoughts, um, cold feet. They should probably listen to their instincts or maybe go to some counseling and decide whether they want to move forward. Counselors are a wealth of, that's a great resource for anybody who's negotiating a prenuptial agreement because then you have somebody more psychologically trained because a prenuptial agreement isn't intended to cast doubt on the the stability of the marriage. It's really intended to help the stability of the marriage. So there, all of the terms of the finances are worked out ahead of time. Well, this is, well, maybe this doesn't sound like the normal person, but I would think when two people meet, they fall in love, she's thinking of what kind of wedding gown she's going to wear. He's probably thinking of how is he going to support her. When they bring up a prenuptial agreement, it almost sounds like, well, that's cold. You know, here we're going to live our life together. We love each other. We're going to go happy off into the sunset. And then you throw this legal agreement at me. Um, and I'm just looking at this as if I was a young, in love person who's not thinking beyond the wedding day. Um, that prenuptial agreement can stir up a um, a lot of problems, I would think. I think it's the it. It might be about timing. So every state varies with regard to their enforceability of a prenuptial agreement. Arizona's agreements are highly enforceable in general and giving your spouse enough notice. So you, you don't want to present the prenuptial agreement, you know, on the way to the church or the chapel. Or as you give them the engagement ring and you're on your knee going, will you marry me? And by the way, can you sign this? I guess that's not a good situation. Well, it can raise, it can definitely bring up a fight about the enforceability or the voluntariness. So, you know, the person has to sign it voluntarily. They cannot, you know, sign it under duress is a very difficult thing to prove. But there's no Arizona does not have a particular time frame that has to be satisfied. So for, so for example, in a, in a divorce, uh, one spouse has to have resided or dom- be domiciled in Arizona for at least 90 days before filing. There's no such requirement like that for a prenuptial agreement. It really is discretionary with the court later on. So 
a person has to really use their best judgment. You know, a mm-hmm. week before the wedding, that's a little close. Um, it really, it's, it's a lot of different factors. You know, was this person represented? Were they in financial distress? Mm-hmm. Did, did they speak English? That's another one. Can they read? So, you know, looking at all of those different factors, did this person understand basically what they were signing? So there, it's a very difficult thing. So the sooner, really, the more notice one of the marrying parties has is probably better. What if, okay, I'm bringing up these scenarios, uh, little bits and pieces of what I've heard. What if after you marry the person and you've signed the prenup, but they were never told, one party was never told that the person that they married owns a business or has three houses in the Bahamas or they have an offshore account Um, and yeah, what do you do if then they happen to divorce? So, so part of our law in Arizona is a required disclosure of assets for both parties. However, that can be waived um, in the agreement. So that's something that's going to be part of the negotiation. Uh, I, I suppose if somebody conceals their assets, I've heard about some of these individuals who, you know, they live very, very uh, frugally, but are extremely wealthy. So some of that property that that person had prior to the marriage, it might, might not have ever been community anyway, but that's kind of a specific situation. Definitely. If you have that circumstance, call me. Definitely. Um, So you talked about, um, not ex- disclosing all your money, you know, and they live frugally. I've heard of people who uh, have been divorced and they are supposed to pay child support and somehow they don't want to. Uh, they don't care that their kids are maybe living a very frugal life while they are on their uh, their yacht somewhere out in the Pacific. Um, so is there are there rules that specifically say hey you've got to disclose this much money because you've got to pay for your kids or should that all be written out during the divorce and then that's locked in place um uh, well yeah that's a good point actually a prenuptial agreement is cannot determine the child support amount so there's a saying that uh Children have a right to share in their parents' good fortune, but no child needs more than two ponies. Okay. So if you have the yacht and you have the expenses in the Caribbean and you have a significant amount of wealth, no prenuptial agreement is going to safeguard you from paying a handsome amount of child support after a divorce. And I agree with that. I think that the children should live in the style that they were accustomed of, not having to uh, go to the food bank for dinner, you know, while the their father is uh, playing the ponies, talk about ponies, playing the ponies somewhere. Um, you know, I can go on and on asking you questions about the law, but probably the easiest thing is to uh, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you because then they can ask you their own questions. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, everything we've, I mean, what we've talked about today really is general information. I have to say this as far part of the ethical requirements. Uh, this is not legal advice. It's education only. But if you need legal advice, just call me. I'm at 480-442-5184. Or you can contact me through my website, which is HaleyLawAZ.com. Oh, that's easy enough. This has been so much fun. I'm glad that I'm not in the situation, Tammy, where I need your services. I am too. I'm glad I'm not in that situation after our beautiful kitchen design. Because everybody who comes over to our house gets a tour of our kitchen and they want to call you for their own kitchen because it's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. But I also have to say that you and Sean really use that kitchen. You like to entertain and the kitchen was designed for you and for the fact that you love to cook. I am so looking forward to being able to have dinner guests again because we really haven't We've used our kitchen, but we haven't really entertained. It's been, you know, quite a quite a 2020. Definitely looking forward to this year being better. I hope so. Um, and who knows what the future brings? Uh, I keep saying 2021 should be better, but, you know, I don't have that crystal ball. Nobody does. And so we can only hope and we can be vigilant at uh, wearing the masks and staying six feet away and washing your hands. And I'm repeating this from what CDC keeps saying. Uh, if we're going to uh, somehow get over this pandemic, we've got to follow the rules. And I know there's a lot of people that don't go along with that, but when you're in a situation where you really want to stay away from the idea of getting this coronavirus, you've got to follow the rules. Uh, stay in your house. And I, I'm sure it's hard for the people who have to homeschool their kids or if they have to stay with a spouse that they're not really uh, happy with, but this too shall pass, right, Tammy? Absolutely. There's got to be an end in sight. Yeah, there's got to be. Anyway, this has been great. I'm glad that you took the time. I know you're busy, but I'm glad you took the time to uh, talk to us and to explain about a prenup agreement. I never had one, but you know, the more I hear of situations, the more I think it's very important. You almost have to say, okay, I've got a doctor and I've got a plumber and electrician and I need a lawyer. Um, that just goes without saying, really. Well, thanks for having me, Nancy. This was really fun. Well, I'm glad that you agreed. And I hope that everybody enjoyed today's show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the platforms that you're using to listen to these podcasts. Actually, we're on 28 platforms, uh, so it's really hard, um, hard to not find us. We're all over the place, um, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, et cetera, et cetera. So don't forget to share them with your friends. You know, they could use this information. So share, and um, if you want to know more about me, go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any questions uh, for me, you could email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. If you have any questions for Tammy, she actually gave her phone number before. Tammy, you want to say it again? Uh, sure. It's 480-442-5184. And your website? HaleyLawAZ.com. Okay. Well, you guys, stay safe. Have a great day. And talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.